You're listening to Sunny Side Up, a bite-sized podcast that brings you real-world insights that help go-to-market professionals evolve and stay up-to-date on the latest trends. Join us as we share best practices and proven techniques from industry experts and practitioners. Today's episode is made possible by Demand Matrix. Demand Matrix helps you complete your data stack with technographic, intent, and revenue potential data to help you accelerate revenue. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Sunny Side Up. I'm your host, Asher Matthew, and I'm super excited today to talk to Andy Joles about category design and marketing. Andy, welcome to the show. It's great to be here. Thanks, Asher. All right, let's dive in. Tell us a little bit about yourself, please. Yeah, so um, I'll, I'll go quick. So 20-year uh, executive in marketing, uh, B2B and B2C. Um, I'm a full-stack marketer. I hate that term, but I don't know. Uh, I haven't figured out a, a, a good way to describe that term alternatively. Uh, what that means is I've done both the, the brand side and the demand gen side. Um, I've done six rebrands, three of those to exits. Um, I've done three funnels that I've built from uh, the ground up. Um, and I've worked at big companies, uh, you know, from HP and Apple to startups that are less than uh, less than 10 people. Last 10 years has definitely been more startup focused. Superb. Sounds like a lot of learnings. And I'm super excited to like dive into the topic because I'm sure you can share, share with us how to do things and what to watch out for. Well, you know, we'll, we're, we all like try to figure out like how do we grow and be and be experts. Um, I, I definitely had a lot of uh, um, opportunities to experiment with category design in marketing in my career, um, just based on some of the choices I've made, some of the places I've gone and some of the things that have happened at the places where I've gone. Superb. So on this show, we always start with definitions just to make sure we all understand what we're going to talk about. So can you define category design for us, please? Yeah. So so for me, category is, you know, you think of a, a grocery store and you think of a grocery store aisle, right? You at the at the end cap, you see, you know, condiments or paper products, jams and jellies like soap and shampoos like those are all categories. So when I first got into marketing, um, I remember I went the tech route, uh, but I was dating a girl at the time who went the CPG route. And so she introduced me to this concept of a category manager, which I didn't know what that was. It's like, well, that's that's somebody who's overseeing um, you know, the brand managers of people who actually own a particular brand, but they're doing the whole category. So whether it be you know, the examples I gave soap and shampoo. So they may be the shampoo category. So you think of it as a, as a grouping of, of products. And, and we'll talk about a little bit about why, so why that definition is, um, is important. Um, and in CPG, like they just sort of had it as a foundation in technology. I think what's, what's happened is a lot of times people just think problem solution, I'm going to go right. And they don't think about whether or not <clears throat> there's a category and whether or not they, they need to create a category. Superb. So I guess naturally I have to ask why create a category in the first place? 
Well, for me, uh, if, if you don't have a category, then you're, you're, you're either not going to have a business or you're, you're, you're certainly not going to have a, a huge business um, if you don't create a category, right? And, and so if some, and plus if somebody else creates it sort of adjacent to you, then they're probably going to be the one that has the bigger exit, right? Because they've done, done the work to really get out in front and do that category design. And we can talk about some of the examples that, that, that I've had where, <clears throat> where the category has been uh, either you know, created around me. Um, and I've certainly had that example where another competitor created the, the category and they had the great exit, right? And I did not because they created it first and, and pivoted in such a way um, to make the category um, bigger and and uh, more uh, more profitable or more recognized by by the analysts and whatnot. Superb. And so, I guess, where do you find all the list of categories? Like, where's the yellow pages of categories? <laughs> like, I'm just thinking That's as good. I'm listening to you, I'm like, well, where do I go? Where's the four one one for categories? Well, I mean, there used to be one, right? Like, I mean, back in the day, we used to use SIC codes and you could look up like, oh, you know, what's, what's a particular category for something? But, but I think um, today, and especially in technology, I mean, most of, I, I think a lot of the uh, folks who are going to be listening to this, like there, there are sort of three types of category definitions and I'm following sort of the, it's the serious decisions model right? That you either have an established market, you have a new paradigm or a new concept. And a new concept means like nobody's thought of this at all. And what, what it usually means uh, for those of us who are on the go-to-market side is that there's absolutely no budget line item for this. <clears throat> so one of the great debates in category design is take Uber and Lyft, right? Ride sharing. So is that a new concept or is it a new paradigm? And some folks will debate that it's a new concept. I, I guess I'll say under the rules I just laid out, it's really more of a new, um, a new paradigm. So it's, you know, I, I had a line item, like when I traveled for budget for taking taxis, right? And so now I'm just, I'm shifting that to like a new, uh, a new paradigm, a new way of doing it. So it's not a brand. It's not a brand new concept. We were taking transportation, right? So we we shifted. So part part of I think what we're going to want people to do is first figuring out when you're looking at the the problem and the solution that you solve, like where does it really fall? Is it is it like okay, like this is actually an established market, or it is is it a um, truly a new, you know, a new concept or new paradigm. The most, the most famous example, I think, of a category design is Clarence Birdseye. Do you know who Clarence Birdseye is? I have no idea, but I'm sure you're so, going to tell me right now. <laughs> so Clarence Birdseye um, was somebody back in the, in the 1800s who um, figured out that um, he worked on fishing boats and figured out that if you could uh, freeze a fish really quickly and then um, keep it frozen, that you could then thaw it out and it would taste almost as good as the fresh, fresh fish. 
So Clarence Birdseye went on to create Birdseye, which was a frozen food brand, and he essentially created that category. Now, what makes this extremely complicated is he not only had to like figure out, okay, the process of like, how do I freeze food, but he had to go into grocery stores and convince them that they needed freezers to hold the food, right? So this is, this is like, you could say, okay, not a new concept because people are eating, right? And we continue to need to eat, but this was a new category, right? He, he literally created a new aisle and that's, that's the way I think about it is in the grocery store. Like you go and you see like there's a frozen food aisle. That's because of Clarence Birdseye. He essentially created that category and, and realized it, it had a whole uh, bunch of different uh, parameters. And I look back at that, by the way, and think, man, that's like, talk about being great at sales to like go into a grocery store and say like, hey, you need to spend a bunch of money on putting in freezers because you're going to want to sell the products that I have. Um, so he, you know, he, he managed to, uh, to pull that off. Superb. Is there another example of uh, a category creation that you could give to us? Yeah, I mean, I think another one that um, that you know I heard from uh, Dave Peterson. Dave Peterson is the author. He's uh, uh, the uh, co-founding partner of a, a firm called Play Bigger, and they have a book called Play B Bigger on, on category design. Um, and he likes to talk about the five-hour energy example. And the reason um, that one is is labeled a, a new concept is he he really starts with this premise of of just because which is to say like what what's your problem solution and phrase it that way and and the one for five hour energy is just because i need energy doesn't mean i'm thirsty and what makes this also a new concept versus a new paradigm for me is five-hour energy isn't next to Red Bull and Monster, um, you know, in the grocery store. It's actually by um, it's by the checkout, right? So it's in a it, it's in a very very different location. And it, you know, and I think that. They just sort of saw that there was a, you know, there was an opportunity to solve a particular problem in a in, in a different way. It's a different different package, different delivery mechanism, um, and you know, it, it's in a different location, sort of in the uh, in the store. And I guess why is it important to get your category definition correct? Yeah, so I think if, if if you don't have a category, then it's always going to limit TAM, right? Because as you start to grow and get bigger, and it's probably okay for you if you just have a niche or a lifestyle business and you're trying to just be a small player, then it's probably not as important. But most of us are trying to chase more of the unicorn size, right? We're trying to figure out how do we create a really, really big business with a really big TAM. And especially if you're trying to get people to do something new and, and different, then you need to have it, you know, you need to have it have size, right? You have to get it to the point where everybody recognizes what the what the category is. <clears throat> so I'll give you a couple examples, you know, from from my career. 
So one, so I was at a company called uh, Instantly, which was a combination SaaS software provider, and it also provide Sample. Have you ever heard of Sample? Do you know what Sample is? I have, no, I have not. No idea. So Sample, it's a market research term. It's actually the people who take market research surveys. And, and the problem with being a, a, a sample business is Sample is actually a commodity. And whatever you do in business, you want to make sure you don't have a commodity, right? So there's another um, company that provided survey technology uh, called Qualtrics. And they were just sort of a, a survey tool. And there was other survey tools like SurveyMonkey. There's lots of survey tools actually out in the marketplace. But Ryan Smith, the CEO, realized like that he needed to redefine the category. Like being a survey tool, again, was going to become commoditized or getting into sample where we were was going to be commoditized. So he did the work to figure out, well, really, this is all about customer management. And, and created a new category and up-leveled um, what sort of the complete platform was, was going to do to really help um, those of us who are trying to understand our customers. And what that meant was you could charge more, right? Higher price, moving up ACVs. So a lot of it is, is, is usually like if you get your category right, you get, to move, you, you get to move up market, right? You get to move up in ACVs. You usually get to move into enterprise because then it's, you know, it's more established and they're like, okay, like I need this. It's a big, you know, it, it's a big problem that we're trying to, um, we're trying to solve for. Um, I think how a lot of people think about it in our space is um, does, you know, does a Gartner or a Forrester recognize this? Like, I feel like that's, that's sort of the marker. Right. For exactly. In technology, we're sort of looking to figure out, like, how do we get them to see? And this all starts when, when, when you're doing analyst relations, you're first trying to educate them. Right. And saying, hey, you know, <clears throat> um, but where it usually starts is people are saying, let me tell you about our company and the problem that we solve. And that's, that's, that's part of the problem, right? Is that's the way we've, we've been trained to think about the problem. But what analysts want to hear is they want to hear about the category, right? So they want to hear like, okay, that's great that you solved this particular problem, but like, tell me what you think is the category looks like. What's, you know, what, how big is the TAM, right? Um, total adjustable market. So it's like, how, like, how do you think about that? So they want to understand you know, who else is 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 in is in the category? So I I think one of the things that's really really interesting is if you truly believe that you're at the the infancy of category design, that for your company, then you should really be asking yourselves like how do you actually feel about competition? So I went through this a few years ago, Asher. Like so I was at I was at FICO, um, which um, do you know what FICO scores are? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So <laughs> wow, I, I feel like I know one thing that you talked about today. <laughs> so, so I was um, I was at FICO. Uh, I think this is going back like 17 years ago. So back then, actually, not that many people actually knew what FICO scores were and credit scores were, and 
So part of the problem was, as I walked in, I thought, well, everybody should know what this is. But people don't seem to know. Consumers don't. They they care about their they care about getting the right kind of house and the right kind of car, but they don't really understand the mechanics of getting there. So we we figured out, okay, we need to actually go on an educational crusade, and we need to figure out like how can we accelerate the category. <clears throat> now something happened that I didn't lead. Um, it just happened. There started to be enough momentum that the government um, decided that every single person in this country should get access to their credit report once a year for free. But here's what happened. So reporters called up, and this is a bit of an oligopoly space. There's the the three credit bureaus, uh, TransUnion, Experian, Equifax, and FICO, that kind of control the, the credit data and credit score space kind of back, back then. And so they would call up the, the folks at Experian and at TransUnion and say, hey, what do you what do you think about this happening? And they would give answers like, well, you know, we're trying to figure out how it'll impact our business. And they're just sort of giving sort of cagey answers. So they called me uh, and said, hey, what do you think? And I said, if 50 million Americans wake up tomorrow and know what a credit report is and maybe know what a credit score is, I think I'm going to be just fine. So the point of that story is I realized that I actually needed to really work with my competitors, right, um, on the category design. And and we were already companies, you know, I was we were probably already doing like, you know, I don't know, 30 million in revenue. So, you know, for these consumer products and some of the other companies, I think uh, freecreditreport.com, like they were already doing 100 million in revenue. But still, there was a, so it, there was still a category design problem. So just because you 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 might be sort of um, uh, you know thinking oh like this is just for me if I'm zero to ten or zero to twenty million that that actually like may not be the case. You could actually be much further along and still have a category design problem. The Qualtrics example I gave, they were much further along realizing like we still have a category design issue, right? We still have to actually, you know, um, still have to work at this. So one of the things that kind of comes up for me is, is, is realizing that, you know, you can, you can go it alone, right? And say, well, I want to be the leader because usually the leader gets rewarded. But I'm, I'm a proponent of, of figuring out like, well, I actually want to stay close to my competitors and, um, and really have real authentic relationships with them, because if we're really creating a category, then it should benefit all of us. And then we can compete later, right? You can compete later. And if you think about that, like that's that's a pretty tough mindset, right? Like I don't think you think that way. I think you think like like I have a competitor. I might I might chat friendly with them. But I'm not going to sort of get together with them on a Slack channel and and figure out categories. Am I right? Hundred percent. I mean, I, I would say most people would say no to that. It requires a sheer amount of boldness to create that alliance, not a partnership, but like an alliance. You know? Yeah, but I like I, so I I um, I asked the question um, at my last company. I said, "Well, do we think we're really at a category design?" stage. Everybody said, yes. I said, okay. And category growth. 
So I said, if that's true, then, you know, we like to throw events, you know, back when we were doing physical events, we would like to, you know, we throw happy hours. And typically we either did it by ourselves or we would partner with a non-competitive, you know, software company, you know, that would seem like an obvious partner. But I threw it there and said, well, actually, we really think that we're at that category design phase. Why wouldn't we do it with with a competitor? Like that would get noticed, right? We'd like then everybody, you know, you want the 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 the, the forester and the uh, the gardener folks to take notice. They're going to take notice if you actually do an event with your with your competition, right? So um, it didn't happen, right? Because it's so against the status quo, right? Everybody was just like, ah, oh, this will never work. Can't do this, right? Um, but I do think having that kind of thinking is valuable and you really have to assess if you really feel like you can go it alone. Great. But I think it's okay to actually be in a situation where you're figuring out like, how do you actually create the category together? If you feel like it's going to be sizable and, and, you know, at my, at my last company, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's cloud infrastructure, an enormous TAM, right. And literally, you know, uh, you know, I felt, and I think others felt like, if the category really, really gets created the right way, like the top three players are all going to be just fine. They're going to be great, right? And then we can figure out other ways to compete. So, so that's that's a that, that's a little bit on the on the competitive uh, view. Um, but here, I'll, I'll let you ask the next question, so I don't derail too much. <laughs> no, no, I think you're doing it. This is great education. And, and it's I, I love the holistic thinking. Like, how do you take all the different pieces of this? Because most people will, as you rightly said, just say, let's go to Forrester. Let's go to IDC. Let's go to this person. And if they like it, we got it. If we can fit in a two by two, awesome. Yeah. But but I guess I'm, I'm curious, how about some recent examples? Yeah. So, um so look, I, I think in terms of some of the you know recent examples, I you know I, I gave the FICO one. That's that that one is is sort of more dated. I'll give you another one from from my history where we we tried to do um, we tried to create a category and where it didn't work, um, which was digital postal mail. I went to a startup where we said, hey, we want to actually. Um, intercept all of the physical mail that we all get, which all starts as an electronic file, and create a consolidated, you know, uh, email box or an electronic mailbox that you would get, you know, for all that mail. So we we realized like, okay, so this is this is category design. There have been other companies that have tried to do this before. People were trying to like basically take your mail and scan it. That's happening now in, in, in COVID-19, by the way, right? So um, that like, uh, you know, it's happening. People are like, well, we don't know what to, we don't, we're, we don't want to go to our office. So we've hired a service to intercept our mail and scan it all. Um, so, uh, so that, but that, that one ended up, it was interesting. Like it just wasn't, um, we couldn't figure out how to, how to create that category. Uh, it just, it, it wasn't big, big enough of a pain point. Um, but, but I was going to, I was going to flip the script on you a little bit and, and say like, so let's, let's talk about demand matrix, right? Like 
what category do you think that that is? Like, what's the just because? Just because, let's fill that sentence in first. So just because blank for demand matrix, what is it? Sure. So we would say just because data exists, don't think about it as fuel, but think about it as a capability. Because there's a lot of people that just take data and they buy it, they don't care where it's coming from, they just want short-term results, they don't think about it as a capability. And the reason why it's a problem is because there's no single owner for it. And as we think about first-party versus third-party data, right. first-party data, the CMO controls. But who's the single owner for third-party data? Well, guess what? Nobody. There's no third-party data owner title on LinkedIn today. Yeah. So this this one this one's a great one, and and it was uh, this we were we were doing a little bit in this space around uh, first party and third party data back in my um, uh, SSI uh, you know instantly days, which was um, uh, two companies ago, and it's it's a big problem, right? Because I think if if you're anything sort of in data. Right. Again, there's there's sort of this problem in cloud too, right? If you say like, oh, we're in cloud, and people will go, well, where? Like, what what are you in cloud, right? And so data is a bit of the same problem, right? Of saying like, well, where are you in data? Like, where should I group you? So I think on 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 that just because statement, uh, if you say like, <clears throat> uh, just because you have data doesn't mean it's doesn't mean it's compelling. Is that what it was? Is that what you said? I'm trying yeah. to remember. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, um, so thinking about that a little bit, you know, it that that's going to be the work is figuring out well, how do you actually create a new category around either compelling data, right, the right data, or is it a specific type of um, data? Right? Is it um, is it is it tools data? Is it is it the data that that people are um, that people are companies are using, and and trying to and get that defined? And I think that's that that's the key is 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 spending the energy. So when when you talk about framework, because I know that's coming, it's like, well, what do you do? I think the biggest problem is people actually aren't doing the work. Right? They're not sitting back and, and thinking people are, are doing the work and linking like here's our product here's our positioning like these are the personas um there's a lot of companies that don't even do that which is amazing but um but they're not actually stepping back and saying okay like what's what what do we think the category for this is really going to be made up of like where do we you know where do we fit um and asking the questions like are we are we asking them to shift some dollars from pl uh, another place that they spend? Like, are we replacing something, you know, that where they have spent today? Or are we saying like, hey, you need to go get new budget because, you know, you need to, you know, this, this is something that's really going to, it's really going to help you, right? Um, but especially when, when you're targeting CMOs, I think it's just the, the noise to signal ratio is just super high. Right. So they're like, oh, this is just another data provider. Right. Um, and I get up, I get I get tackled by uh, by a, by a million of these 
sort of every day. So I think that's that that that's part of the um, uh, that's part of the work. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, part and, of the- and 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 now you know what I also find out that most companies don't fully understand their core competencies. And then they try to go for a category that is so different from their core competency. And I think they lose meaning for themselves in that journey. Right. I think that's, I, I think that's true. So, so I think um, for me, like what's, what's super interesting about the event space right now, right, is virtual events are just really like, it's, I mean, opening day of baseball, what I think was last night, like, <clears throat> You know, it's really like the first inning, right? And so we're using and playing around with some of these early tools, like we've seen Hopin and Hey Summit, and there's a number of them. And then you've got the the bigger players, like the uh, you know the On Twenty Fours and and um, other folks who are trying to sort of you know go to meeting. They're trying to figure out like how do I do this? But what's interesting to me is. I'm not sure any of those players sort of looks at it like, hey, like this is a huge opportunity that we have right now to basically kill off like the physical events market, right? Um, yep. And 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 that's really like our 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 role. So like I, I've always admired, um, you know, I, I think they still do it today. If you ask the CEO of American Express who his com- competitor is, and I'll usually throw this out in interview questions, right, to probably to annoy candidates, but um, but the, you know, everybody always says Visa, but the CEO of American Express says no, it's cash. Cash is still like the number one currency in the world, right? So like that's how he looks at it. Um, if you ask the CEO of Netflix who his competitor is, do you know, do you know what his answer is? This one's been talked about. I, I don't, but I'm mm. looking forward to it. <laughs> Here it is. So he says sleep. He's not worried about Hulu, right? They ask like, well, what are you worried about Hulu, Disney Plus? And he's like, we just have to grow the category. Like we just, we just like we're competing against sleep. We're trying to get people to sleep less um, and watch more. Right. So I look at virtual events and I think, wow, this is such a great opportunity. Like if, if, if that, those companies could in a way come together and figure out like, like how to solve this really quickly. Right. And accelerate their category. Instead, I feel like they're trying to compete with each other. They're trying to figure out like, well, how do I, how do I get a different feature than they have? And, you know, I got all these CMOs looking at all our all these different platforms. It's like, well, figure out how to like really accelerate the category to where you know your 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 goal should be that none of us has, ever has to go to a physical event again. And then we all know that that's not going to happen. But like, I think we, um, but I think that's the right frame to have, right? So that's. That's a, a, another question like that I would ask, you know, even you is like, what do you want people to never do again? Like what data do you want them to, you know, um, for Uber, it was obvious, right? It's like, we want people to stop taking taxis, right? We want them to just like w- to stop, you know, to stop using this. So for, uh, um, you know, going back to the bird's eye example, I don't think they they wanted people to stop buying fresh fish completely. They were just like, look, we want... 
We want to give people an alternative. They don't want to have to go to the grocery store every day to buy a piece of fish, right? They want to buy a they want to buy a fresh piece of fish that they might make tonight and buy a couple of frozen you know fish to put in their freezer um, to eat later, right? So um, so I think I think thinking about that is is super important uh, in the design framework. Well, uh, to answer your question, I would I would love it if people stop buying random lists because I see that happening all the time, even today. And I'm thinking, wow, the data, the data space has been here forever. And like the minute COVID hit, people forgot everything about data and data strategy and data stack, if you want to think about it. And they just resulted back to buying lists. And uh, I'm like, wait a sec, what just happened? <laughs> you know? right. Like, why did we because, just forget everything? Right. And it's because like it that's, you know, to the point, that's a category that people know, right? And especially during times like we're in, people are going to say like, hey, I'm going to then revert to what I know, right? And they, 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 know, they know that category. But that's one I'll, give, I'll, I'll noodle on, right? Because I think that's, that's, that's interesting is saying, okay, well, how do I get people to stop buying traditional you know, lists, right? Or, um, or I, I think what I hear in there too is like, Really, what they're buying is is just an email address and a title, right? They're not they're not really getting anything other than than that. Um, so I, I think some of it is is creating proof points for the for the category. I think is 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 super critical. So I would I would tell the folks. So we we were an AWS uh, consulting partner, and I would tell them. Look, you know they they would ask like, well, wh what do you need from us? And I'm like, well, selfishly, I just I need you just to create the category, and 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 they were like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, well, a lot of the phone calls we make, people don't know that a consulting partner exists because if you think about when you start using Amazon Web Services or any cloud provider, it's a self service tool, so you start a self service, but once you get into it usually find out you you lack expertise, you need some help. But because of the way they started their journey, they don't realize that consultants exist. So I took it a step further. I said, look, I said, you need, like, I need for my SDRs to basically be able to call people and say, hey, like, did you know that, you know, 40% or whatever the number is, right, um, of all um AWS engagements with companies your size actually involve a consultant, right? Validating that that this is a category. And then secondly to say, and did you know the ones that use a consultant outperform the ones that don't by X, right? So I'm like, I just need those two, I, I like I need those two phrases. So that's part of the framework too, is figuring out, like that's what I would get back to you, say, like, want the SDRs to say, hey, did you know like our data outperforms lists by X, right? Um, and and did you know, and this always takes time because you, you have to start, um, did you know, although you may have this already, um, is, you know, you're probably using our data already, right? Or, you know, 40% of, um, of the list that you touch actually use our data. They just haven't you just haven't used us directly, so there may be an opportunity there. Does that make sense? Yep. No, it, it does. It, yeah, it, 
just and I guess as I'm as I'm hearing you, I'm thinking, I'm pretty sure most people in the for, uh, in our audience would also want to know, how long does it take to create a category or land a category? Oh boy, I wish I I wish there was a magic um, a magic <laughs> answer. So um, so so I, I I get to answer a different question, which is you know. Who's the most famous person you've had a meal with? So the answer to that for me is Richard Branson. So I actually got to have breakfast with him a few years ago. And the reason was I was pitching him on Digital Postal Mail. And my pitch was, I'm like, hey, if Virgin got behind this, I actually think like you have the power to create this category. Now, we couldn't get the deal done, but sometimes there are things that if that, if that happens, then that would just be like an absolutely an enormous um, accelerant to create in the category. We do know that like most companies um, that exit, I think have, you know, they have like a, uh, like a seven to 10 year sort of route that they take. So, you know, it, it, it takes time. Um, so it's not going to be something that happens overnight. You can't be like, Oh, I'm going to do this for like, you know, a few months. But I think in the uh, to me being being outside of Qualtrics like that one felt like it just you know it took um, it took a year or two years like it didn't take an enormous amount of time um, I don't know I don't know if that seems long or or, or short but uh, I, I don't want to make it feel like this is something like that you can pull off in six weeks you can pull off getting the category named and figuring out the sort of the work with, with some of the analysts, but then sort of, you know, building the category and making sure that, um, that it, you know, sort of ends up in the right place. I mean, that is going to take some time. All right. Well, I think we have taken a lot of your time and I want to make sure that we give this podcast to people so that they can listen to it and act on it. And so, what would be the first step that I take? Like I've identified categories of problem. I cannot get my customers to let the, uh, my message land with customers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right? Like, what's the first step that I take? Yeah. So, so the so the first step is, of course, is, is acceptance of this. Right? That that you that you have to actually design you know design your category. Um, and then the the second step is is really to getting together with your team and you can either do it you know sort of with your team or you can use a consultant and facilitate and get it facilitated and go through like the steps to really understand what is it that that makes you you right what is it that makes the category the category and really doing some of the work that you you've probably done sort of on the product side but doing it you know for um for the category and and really like you know, um, and usually it's, it, but it, it's usually is a team exercise because we're all like so focused on storytelling for the company, but now you have to do it for the category, right? So, um, so typically, you know, involves getting your, um, I, I do think like the head of marketing is the right person to, to own this. Um, although sometimes you'll, you'll have the head of product, you know, uh, be the leader, and sometimes you'll have the CEO be the leader um, to to do this. But I think the first the first part is just is is getting it, it, it's just beginning, right? It's just like okay, I'm going to sit down and I've got I've got to do this the same way that I did it uh, for 
for product. I got to figure out sort of what the story is for for the category. Superb. All right. Well, uh, this has been fantastic. I love all the education. I definitely learned a lot myself. And so I'm sure there will be audience members that will take uh, lessons from this podcast. And so now to a little bit of the fun part of the podcast, who yeah. would be two people who you think would be great guests for this podcast? Yeah, so um, I'm going to go with uh, Jesse Owlette, who he, uh, he has a, a company called Revenue Advisory. And Jesse is, is taking just a very, very quantitative, data-driven approach to go-to-market that I saw him do a presentation on, and I just thought it was really fantastic. I think for how much we, we talk about data, there's still a lot that, like, you know, that isn't data-driven. And, uh, and I think his approach on the demand jet and the go-to-market go to side is... Um, it's just it's it's a it's a discipline like it's not it's not an art it's a discipline so he's number one and then number two i'd say trisha gelman who's the cmo of drift um drift is just doing some really interesting work uh in um conversational marketing around artificial intelligence um so I actually just I, I just finished a uh, a short course in uh, artificial intelligence for business uh, done by MIT, and really got to really think about uh, AI in a new way, and really understanding what what Drift is is doing. I think it's just really compelling. I think they're doing great stuff as a company, and, and uh, definitely great stuff around uh, AI and marketing. Superb. We'll reach out to them. All right. So for the last part of this podcast, if we were to condense this podcast into a hashtag, what would it be? <laughs> well, I was going to go with no category, no exit, right? Um, hashtag no category, uh, no exit. Is, is, is this the hashtag question? Am I, yes. Am I yes, yes. Yeah. So um, that, that would be mine. Hashtag no category, no exit. Short. Um, I, I do. I, I do like, uh, I think, I, you know, the, you know, create or get categorized, I think is, is, um, is important. I think it, it's super important to get out there and, and, uh, and, and lead. Um, so I, I do think that one's pretty, uh, uh, pretty powerful. I like Perfect. both of those. All right. We'll let, we'll let our editors pick one of them. Yeah. All right, Eddie. Thank you so much for coming on this show. I mean, this has been fantastic. I know normally we do this in a very bite-sized manner, but the content is so great. We have to do justice to give it its due time. So thank you for spending a lot of time with us and educating us. You're welcome. Thanks, Asher. Appreciate it. All right. And then last question for you, Eddie, is if people wanted to get in touch with you, how would they get in touch with you? Uh, so yeah, I'll give you, I'll, I'll give my email address. So it's aj at roxology.com. Uh, that's the best way to get a hold of me. Perfect. All right, Andy, you once me, again. You can find, find me on LinkedIn as well. So there's, there's, there's only, uh, like two Andy Joels. So I'm, I'm the one that'll come up most. There you go. Well, you definitely nailed the Andy Joel category. Yeah. <laughs> Terrific. Well, once again, thank you so much for educating us and good luck with your ventures. Thanks, Asher. Appreciate it. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Sunny Side Up. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review us. 
and share these insights with your peers.